Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Scott Satterfield, the guy who built App State football into that, well, three-time national champion as an assistant coach, FCS, but also the three-time Sun Belt champion at the FBS level before he took the Louisville job. It's a homecoming weekend for him. How do you take a bunch of Bobby Petrino's players who hadn't won a single ACC football game in almost 700 calendar days how do you take them and your three and two right out of the gate? What's it like to have a homecoming where when you play Wake on Saturday night on the ACC network in Winston-Salem, you're not far from your deep football and educational and playing roots in Boone to your west. You're not far from your Hillsborough, North Carolina childhood roots here in the Triangle. You got family and friends everywhere in between. He's got a football game to try to win. We're going to talk to both halves of that equation. Scott Satterfield in about 10 minutes. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest will join next hour. His Deeks haven't lost yet and have still one of the best shots at a legendary campaign as anybody else in our backyard. The Deeks have finished in the top 25, finished the season in the top 25 of the polls twice in my lifetime. They are there. They have a very good chance of sustaining that success. They're a coin flip or better, favored in many cases, against every remaining opponent except the mighty Clemson Tigers later this year. David Cutcliffe drops by in 60 minutes on life, sports, football, and his Blue Devils. You can chime in now. Steve wants in on the NBA versus China. Others on the Giants at the Patriots tonight. The Wolfpack hosting Syracuse tonight. Week 7 of college action. Week 6 of NFL action. One quick thing about the Pack as they host Syracuse. Syracuse is, again, not what it was last year. Double-digit wins, second-best in the ACC behind Clemson. They do play pretty good defense under Dino Babers. And at other times under Coach Babers, they've been really explosive offensively. They're not that. They actually have some similar problems to the Wolfpack on the offensive side of the ball. Tommy DeVito sometimes good, just like Matthew McKay was sometimes good, but not enough from that position. The Orange, like the Wolfpack, does have issues beyond QB, but QB will be under the spotlight again tonight because both teams need their offenses to be better to get where they want to go. Both teams need their quarterbacks to be better more consistently to get where they want to go. And in the Wolfpack's case, Matthew McKay has been demoted. The sophomore lefty Bailey Hockman will get the start. And Dave Doran did say that redshirt freshman Devin Leary, who looked good, but it was only at the end of the game against Florida State in a loss, he is also expected to get at least some QB snaps. So that's a three-headed monster after that great success at that position of Russell Wilson, Mike Glennon, Jacoby Brissett, and more recently Ryan Finley. All of those guys in the National Football League. Bailey Hockman gets the next chance to kind of claim that starting job in a league where, as we come back to your calls, Jamie Newman at Wake Forest has wrestled that job into his grasp. I know this sounds crazy to those who don't only follow college football more casually, but I'm dead serious when I say this. In Wake's 5-0 start, Jamie Newman started some games last year, but full-time starter for the first time this year, has played better than Trevor Lawrence of Clemson. Not an exaggeration. Just boil it down to the follow the evidence, as I like to say, given my long legal career. Jamie Newman has played quarterback better than anyone in the ACC so far this year. Now, Trevor Lawrence has the bigger reputation, and he's on the better team, and he's higher in the rankings. 
and he entered the season in the Heisman conversation. He's fallen out of that because of interceptions and not so big numbers while leading the Clemson Tigers. Jamie Newman's killing people with his legs and killing people with his arm. If you're NC State and you're off to this middling start, three and two is a winning record, but your two bigger challenges, you lost at West Virginia, you lost at Florida State. Syracuse is more like those two than it is, you know, beating up on an inferior opponent like a Western Carolina or somebody. Wake has its quarterback in Jamie Newman. Coastal leading UVA has its quarterback in dual threat Bryce Perkins. Clemson still has Trevor Lawrence. We'll see where that complicated story ends up. Mac Brown and Carolina clearly have found their quarterback in the true freshman Sam Howell. Record-setting high school guy flipped from Florida State to Carolina in the excitement of the Mac Brown returns to Chapel Hill stuff. He's the guy and making as many NFL-caliber throws as almost anybody in college football. Quinton Harris is a dual threat as a fifth-year senior for Coach Cut at Duke. Maybe not an elite quarterback, but doing far more good than bad. Florida State has two guys they believe in, James Blackman and then the Wisconsin transfer, Alex Hornibrook. Like, I just listed half the league. If you're still trying to figure out the most important position on the field, halfway through almost the regular season, and half of your conference competitors have either good or great things to say about the most important position on the field, that's not a small problem. That's a big issue. We'll see if it's resolved tonight or at least takes a big step in the right direction tonight. Against, again, Syracuse is not a great opponent, but they are playing pretty solid defense, which makes it a test, a bigger test than ECU was, a bigger test than Western Carolina was, right, for Bailey Hockman, the sophomore lefty for the Wolfpack, who gets the start tonight on national TV in front of a whole bunch of howling wolves, 8 o'clock ESPN, Carter-Finley Stadium. Steve is in Apex, and next on the David Glenn Show, Scott Satterfield of Louisville via App State and Hillsboro, North Carolina. He will drop by in less than 10 minutes. Steve, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. How you doing, Dave? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? Yeah, Dave, yesterday, a quick, quick respond to your thing. I didn't hang up. I don't know what happened. but uh, Sorry, it happens, man. NFL contracts are not guaranteed, so let's get out from under that. And now we can move on to what I called about okay. today. Uh, Dave, this this thing, I don't know if anybody thought about it. I know you have because you're very intelligent. This thing could be a little undertow, too, because I've never heard one one or two words. We've been dealing with China forever. Yep. I've never heard one or two words just make a total mess of, you know, business things and everything to do with anything over there. I yeah, think the human, the human rights violations in China are not a new development, by the way. <laughs> you know? right, right. I'm still rolling my eyes at Americans who do nothing to make their own country better and yet are taking shots at Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich for somehow not making China better. I mean, that, that to me is roll your eyes, ridiculous level hypocrisy. And yet those doing that don't even understand that they're doing it. But go ahead. Dave, I think this is a little byproduct of now. This, all, you know, how politics and leaked into the sports. Now you have to defend sports once in a while, and yeah. I like that. I, yeah. I do love that. I think a little of this now. This might be me reaching, or just I think it's a slight undercurrent of all this turf stuff and all this bashing of you know manipulating currency. To Charlie is looking for any reason. Just because I don't understand how just one word or two words could just make a total mess of everything. Well, it's probably, I don't know, like we would all have a super sensitive button, whatever that might be. For China, there is absolutely no doubt that the two systems, one nation concept with Hong Kong is one of those sensitive buttons. 
So you're right. There's other stuff going on. There's no doubt about it. Here at the David Glenn Show, just as we do not apologize when politics and sports overlap, yeah, we're going to talk about it. I'm more qualified to talk about that overlapping than 99% of sports radio hosts. That's just how it's going to be, for better or for worse. I'm not changing that, and I'm too close to retirement to have anybody change me along those lines. When, whereas we don't apologize for that, we don't get into – I mean, there's, a, there's a literally 100 political topics that you've never heard me talk about. Never. Not in 20-plus years of radio. We don't get into to, uh, you know, tariffs, for example. I mean, that's purely political. That's not sports-related. So I'll tell you this because it's a sport reper, sports repercussion. NBA officials are discussing – that if you lose billions of dollars in revenue, that's billions with a B, remember? And it's not as big as the NFL. That's the biggest American sports engine, right, economically. But the NBA is one of the next two biggest, close to Major League Baseball, many billions with a B. If you lose a couple billion, that's still a lot of money, right? They're already describing how future salary caps could be affected by the loss of billions of dollars if this international incident gets worse. Now, Adam Silver's probably hoping that with time this issue is reduced or goes away or it just goes back to more of the Cold War. Uh, you say less and they say less and you dislike each other's systems, but you just mostly let it be. And then both sides get back to making a lot of money. Who knows where that's going to end up. But when they're talking about possible salary cap repercussions, that tells you that they're treating it as a very real phenomenon. I don't think it's going to get to that level, but that's far more up to the government of China than it is to Adam Silver or anybody on our side of the fence. On the other side, Scott Satterfield from Hillsboro, North Carolina, as a star high school quarterback to player at App State, assistant coach on national championship teams at App State, and then the head coach as they jump to the FBS ranks and become the best program in the Sun Belt. When Louisville came calling last year after that third straight Sun Belt title, Scott Satterfield said yes and took a job in the league that he grew up surrounded by as a North Carolina native. After Bobby Petrino ran that franchise or program into the ground, somehow, someway, Coach Sat has the Cardinals out to a 3-2 and two start. And he has a personal homecoming of sorts. I wonder, did you watch App State on national TV last night as he gets a national TV window against number 19 Wake Forest this Saturday night? I know a lot of his family and friends will be there. I'm sure he'll talk about App State a little bit, and I know he's excited about his Louisville Cardinals. An old friend of the program, Scott Satterfield, joins us next on The David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. Um, <laughs> you know, I hope it's not like a hand to hug to hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest was born and raised here in North Carolina. He was actually a quarterback at Orange High School in Hillsboro. Went on to fame at Appalachian State as a player and then even more so as an assistant coach on national championship teams and then as the head coach as the Mountaineers became the superpower of the Sun Belt Conference. He is in year one as the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals of the ACC and he's bringing them to North Carolina to take on the 5-0 Wake Forest Demon Deacons this Saturday night. It is the national game on the ACC Network. Scott Satterfield, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? 
Doing great. Hope you are, David. I'm doing great, man. On the one hand, you have a heck of a schedule ahead of you. Wake, then Clemson, then UVA. They might be the three best teams in this league, and they do have the three best records right now. But let's glance back first. You inherited a team that didn't win a game in conference play last year. What has gone right as you guys are 3-2 and two coming to Winston-Salem, and your only losses are to Notre Dame and Florida State? Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of good things happening around here. I think, uh, you know, for us, it was a lot of work that we had to put in, obviously, in the in the off season, and really more so with just attitudes and how we do things, I think, more than anything. And, you know, the one thing that I told reporters and, and fans, you know, this summer as we headed into this season was, was that we were going to play hard. And I think that's the biggest thing that we wanted to do um, this fall. And, and our guys have been doing that, you know, I think, because I know as you play hard, if you, if you go give everything you have out there on the field, then good things are going to happen you know unfortunately for us you know we're sitting here at three and two and and really we had the lead at Florida State down in Tallahassee with seven minutes to go we just had a few too many mistakes but you know I'm proud of our guys I'm proud of the way they've they've really fought this year and and you mentioned you know we, we've got a tough schedule you know I, you just mentioned what we have coming up and then of course Florida State and Notre Dame they're, they're not any you know slappy <laughs> teams either they're pretty good you know so uh, it, it's been a tough schedule but we're excited and excited about coming down to Winston-Salem. Earlier this week coach we got to visit with Mike Krzyzewski at Duke and Roy Williams of UNC we were at the ACC's Operation Basketball event and they love to use phrases like shared success and they'll say things like hey it's great to have juniors and seniors but if all they've gone through together was bad you know there's there's not that much to experience in that particular case how did you handle uh, inheriting guys who had gone 0-8 in conference play and then how do you describe watching them react when you guys beat Boston College 41-39 on Saturday? I mean, for some of those dudes, it was a wait of, what, 600-plus days since their last conference win. Yeah, which is incredible, you know. I'm, you know, and I've, you know, come from out state. I really, we hadn't used to losing too many games. You know, we've won a ton of games, and so we get here, you know, and, and they didn't win an ACC game last year. But really, you know, quite honestly, we hadn't even thought about it. Really, you know, everything that went on in the past, you know, we really didn't talk much about that. We always were moving forward, and and so for these guys, and I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't see them as guys that lost a bunch of games. I just saw them as guys that wanted to come to work every single day, and that's kind of what we've been doing, you know. And then, you know, you get to the the, the first conference game of course Florida State you don't win and then then you start realizing man they haven't won a conference game in a long time and so but we never really talk about it you know we just went out and go to work and then you know the relief uh, and expression on these guys faces was priceless you know we're walking back to the locker room and I've, I've, one of the players commented to me you know man I, I've been here a couple of years and this is my first ACC win I mean you know so so it's really just um, you know all the hard work these guys have put in and then to come out and, and get, a, get a victory like that in a, in a tight hard fought game really proud of those guys and you know I told them listen we got to get used to this this is this is, should be the norm for us in, in winning these kind of games and so but I tell you that yeah the joy on these guys faces to know all the hard work they've put into that that's what that is that is so worth it um, you know at the end Scott Satterfield joining us on the David Glenn show his Cardinals three and two heading to Wake Forest the Deeks are ranked 19th in the nation in the polls and they are off to a five and zero start I know you're mostly a tunnel vision kind of guy this week's game happens to be not crazy far east of where you were a star coach and a former player at App State. Not too far west of where you were born and raised and still have a whole lot of friends. Uh, how much is this entirely about football and how much wiggle room is there to either see family and friends or just enjoy it in a broader way? 
Well, you know, for me, obviously, that's my home state, and I love going back to North Carolina. You know, we still have our home there, you know, up in the mountains. And so, but just a chance to go back is always awesome for me and, and to a familiar place, really. You know, I, I played when we were at App State. When I was a, a student athlete, we went down and played there my senior year and got a win, you know. And, and so, yeah, it's always fun. But really, for me, it's, it is about the ball. I mean, I, it's about my kids that I'm working with now and, you know, love these guys. And so wherever we got to go play a game, that's where we're going to go. Just so happens it's pretty close. Um, to my hometown and so I will have you know several family uh, family and friends there you know but I've had a lot of those same family and friends come up here and watch us play as well so um, but it is neat for me to just to get back to North Carolina I know you know there's a lot of eyes will be on the game um, you know this weekend you know just because of the, the ties that I have to that state and so so that part of it's going to be fun and you know and then the the camaraderie we have with coach Clawson I mean I've been going against him for several years now and back all the way back to 07 when he was the head coach at Richmond you know he came up to App State and we played them then so you know there's just a lot of a lot of good you know I think feel about this game really just going back and playing Wake Forest. Given that you have turned these pages uh, you know it's kind of cool it's set in stone what you did at App State like nobody can ever take that away from you right you helped lead them to the FBS level you helped build them into this Sunbelt superpower and you left for Louisville as the guy who led the Mountaineers to three straight Sunbelt championships even as we all understand you're all Louisville all the time. Was there, or in general sense, is there a crack in your schedule that if you say, hey, hey, App State's on national TV, as they were last night, does Scott Satterfield like take a peek at some of those dudes that you know really well and even recruited to Boone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I... You know, even I go back to a few weeks ago, we, we were in Tallahassee playing Florida State. You know, that same afternoon, you know, App State's going down to Chapel Hill and playing North Carolina, you know, because I was there when we scheduled the game. You know, I knew that was going to be a big game. And, you know, we haven't really – I don't even know if they played them before, maybe a long time ago, I think. But uh, so, you know, after our game, we just lost a hard-fought game, you know, and I'm, I checked my phone on the way to the airport just to, you know, see how those guys, did, you know, have played. And so, you know, I was happy for them to get that win down in Chapel Hill, you know, the team that we helped put together, yeah. you know. And so anytime they're on TV, I'm going to take a look at it. And, um, you know, obviously um, I got a lot of uh, invested interest into that program and what we put in there. All, a lot, most all those guys that are playing right now are guys that we helped get to that, that university. So and I'm always proud of those guys and how they play. What is it about Wake Forest and this particular version of Dave Clawson's team that has them with their best record under Coach Clawson so far, 5-0, and in the national rankings? And last I saw, they're number one in the ACC and almost top 10 nationally in yards per game on offense. Yeah, they're really good. You know, you look at Jamie Newman. He's from Graham, North Carolina, yep. and he's playing with some of the best ball throughout the country as a quarterback, and he really makes everything go. They have two dynamic receivers, you know, that, that make the 50-50 catches. Um, very unique scheme that they run on offense. You know, we, you know, they came up to Boone a couple of years ago, and we played them a 2019 ball game, lost there at the end. You know, and they were, and that, that made them 4-0 at that point in time. I kind of look back at that today, you know. So they're they're a team that um, is, is always in the hunt, you know, Coach Claus and his staff do an outstanding job of, of recruiting and coaching, and he's been there long enough now to get all his kind of players that he wants would want to be in that program. And man, they play at a high level. They don't make mistakes. They do. They, they play very soundly. You have to earn everything that you're going to get when you're playing against them. You know, so just a tremendous amount of respect for what he's been able to do with that program and, and how how they're in the hunt always. And now you know sitting here, you know, a top 20 football program. But excited for our guys to be able to come down there. You know, not many people gave us a chance to start of this season really 
really to win any games, you know. And now, you know, we have an opportunity to go down and, and play a ranked team down in Winston-Salem. So, you know, we're excited for this opportunity. There are only so many accomplished players that you inherited. I know we see a guy like Mackay Becton at offensive tackle probably going to be in the pros at some point. But you've kind of been there to help see the emergence of a 2-2 Atwell at wide receiver. Javian Hawkins is new to us, I guess a redshirt freshman in the program. Yep. Uh, and what can you tell us about, I mean, those explosive guys have been a part of your productive offense. Uh, and quarterback seemed to be a completely unpredictable scenario for you. Yep. How do you describe how you've gotten from August to here with several different guys running your show? Yeah, well, it seems like it's been about uh, two years yeah, yeah. <laughs> for this last two months, you know, but just because we put so much work with it, you know, and like, like you mentioned, Hawkins, you know, here's, he's a freshman and he's having a, a great year so far as a redshirt freshman and, you know, really hadn't, you know, done a whole lot since he's been here. You know, I think he played maybe one or two games and ended up getting that redshirt. Tutu Atwell's a sophomore. Um, Des Fitzpatrick had a great freshman campaign, didn't really do as much last year, right. and then he's had some great games the past two games. Um, you know, and so we're doing it with some young guys. Ford, um, you know, Marshawn Ford is a tight end that, that redshirted last year, who's a, one of our better uh, tight ends that we have. So a lot of young guys that are really, you know, standing out for us offensively and making plays. Um, you know, and I'm really proud of these guys. And we just kind of come, come together last week. You know, we've, we've had some good flashes throughout this season, um, but we kind of put it all together this past week against Boston College and um, you know really we had six guys over 100 yards when you think passing receiving and rushing which is tremendous output and it all starts up front you know coach Lefford who was at yeah. NC State the last few years has run our offensive line done a great job up front and that's kind of where it all starts from and then we've got some great quarterback play even the freshman um, Evan Conley that was committed to us at App State that we ended up getting up here you know had a tremendous game he's our quarterback as we had to get that last drive to go get, kick the game winning field goal so really proud of Evan the way he's played um you know we've had some injuries there at quarterback and so you know we've played th three guys and so you know but yeah just really proud of the way these guys have kind of put it all together and you know every week's a, a different challenge and a new opportunity so we're excited again you know go, to go down here and play you know wake forest congratulations coach on your three and two start changing cultures is an easy phrase to say but it just feels like you could almost write a book on the difficulty of making it actually happen. So congratulations on the early success. Best wishes on this kind of sort of homecoming game uh, for you personally, although I know it's all about your Cardinals. I hope you enjoy your time here in North Carolina over the weekend, football and otherwise. And as always, thank you for the time on the David Glenn Show. Yeah, appreciate you, David. Hope to talk to you soon. Right back at you. The Louisville Cardinals 3-2 and two, visiting the 5-0 and oh Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Imagine if your only losses are to a top-10 Notre Dame team and a Florida State team that stumbled out of the gate but looks pretty good at times. Not great, but pretty good. Uh, the, the road gets really tricky moving forward because he has at number 19 Wake. Then he has to deal with the Clemson Tigers, also 5-0 and as we speak, number two in the national rankings. Then he gets UVA, number 20 in the rankings, 4-1 and the Cavaliers, also in Louisville. That is as close to a murderer's row as anybody in the ACC faces this year, at least in conference play. And that's what Scott Satterfield, first-year head coach of the Cardinals, has in front of him. 3-2 and two start. Intriguing offense, given up yards by the bushel at times defensively. We'll see how that goes 
against Wake and Clemson and UVA, but certainly a huge upgrade from what the Cardinals looked like last year under Bobby Petrino, uh, now first year under Scott Satterfield, formerly of App State. Appreciate Coach Sat dropping by on his way to the great state of North Carolina. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. to the David Glenn Show. Easy guy to root for, isn't he? North Carolina's own Scott Satterfield. Roots, friends, family all over our great state. Didn't know he kept that house up in the mountains. Good for the Satterfields. First year head coach of the Louisville Cardinals. He is a visitor on Saturday night as the 5-0 Demon Deacons host the 3-2 Cardinals. Dave Clawson of the nationally ranked Deeks will be our guest in less than 60 minutes. David Cutcliffe National Coach of the Year in college football six years ago. ACC Coach of the Year at Duke twice. SEC Coach of the Year during his time at Ole Miss. The 12th year Blue Devils leader will join us on Life Sports Football and his Devils in about 30 minutes. That leaves time for you to chime in on the NFL's Week 6, college football's Week 7. I gave you my initial thoughts on the Wolfpack hosting Syracuse tonight and the Giants visiting the Patriots tonight. So you've got a couple of football options to go with. Actually, a third, NC Central right here in our backyard. Gets a national TV spotlight against Bethune-Cook at 6 o'clock on ESPNU. UVA at Miami. Tomorrow night is a biggie for ACC purposes. Florida State at Clemson. Wouldn't Willie Taggart change the narrative around him as the second-year Seminoles leader if he could go to Death Valley and knock off Dabo Sweeney's 5-0 Tigers? I wouldn't predict that, but talent-wise, the Seminoles are one of the few teams that have athletes that can run with the Tigers athletes. Do I think it'll happen? No. I like Clemson at home for sure. But an appealing matchup, that's your national game, 3.30 ABC. Some of you want back in on China versus the NBA. I'm okay with that. I'm also okay if we leave it on the back burner. Some of you are intrigued by our two cents and requested on Twitter or email. Some of you are tired of the fact that politics and sports can overlap from time to time. When the President of the United States opts to chime in on something in the sports world, yeah, it makes it a sports headline as well as a news headline for better or for worse. That's just where we are in 2019. Again, after about 240 years as a nation without a U.S. president regularly using sports to be polarizing and angry and divisive that way. His name calling of Steve Kerr, I, spot, I thought was in particularly bad taste. Even if you agree with his point of view, uh, I just expect more than name-calling little boy-type cheap shots. If you have uh, ideas that you want to argue about, go ahead and argue about ideas. I think as a country we deserve better than, you know, who's running for kindergarten class president. I called you a poo-poo head, so I hope that gets me more votes than my competitor. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. The college football weekend offers even more than what I described closer to home. Number one Alabama, 5-0, visits Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. Saban and Fisher know each other well. Remember, they actually coached together at LSU. He was part of the reason, Saban, that Fisher became one of those high-profile, uh, in-demand assistant coaches. Then Jimbo, remember, was 
the assist or the coach in waiting at Florida State while assisting Bobby Bowden got that job when Bobby Bowden was kind of forced out, won a national title with the Seminoles before taking the big bucks to take over Texas A&M. The final score was relatively close when the Aggies went to Death Valley to take on the Clemson Tigers earlier this season, but they are a pretty solid team in year two. So whereas Alabama has mostly beaten up on cupcakes, it is the 5-0 and Tide that has to deal with a road trip to Texas A&M, an SEC opponent at their home field. And yes, the Aggies are ranked number 24. So after some weeks where you could barely find an unbeaten team that had a big challenge ahead of it, this week we have not only Clemson hosting Florida State. We'll see if that's a challenge or not. We have Wake 5-0 and hosting Louisville. We'll see how big a challenge that turns out to be. We also have 5-0 and Oklahoma, ranked number six in the polls, taking on the Texas Longhorns. Texas is no longer undefeated, of course. They lost to LSU earlier. But they are 4-1. and They are ranked number 11 in the nation. That's your national game at noon on Fox. Alabama, Texas A&M, your national game later in the afternoon on CBS. One more to remember, and we're going to see more and more of these as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761. We finally have an undefeated from a power conference going against an undefeated in another in the same power conference in this case. Of course, you get those early, but it's only 1-0 versus 1-0 or 2-0 against 2-0. We have the 6-0 Florida Gators visiting the 5-0 LSU Tigers. That is your national game, 8 o'clock ESPN on Saturday night. Odds are one or more unbeatens are going to fall. As we come to your calls, Major League Baseball playoffs, the Dodgers are out. The Astros are facing an elimination game against Tampa tonight. Meanwhile, the other best team from the regular season, the Yankees, already moved on to the ALCS. The Braves fell by the wayside last night. The Dodgers fell by the wayside. It will be Washington against St. Louis in the NLCS. The Yankees await the winner of the Astros and the Rays in the ALCS. You can join us at 1-800-849-2761. Again, the NBA versus China update is that the Lakers and the Nets games are being allowed to continue. This morning they already played, and Saturday they play again in a different Chinese city but virtually everything else has been canceled and lots of business transactions have been deleted or canceled or otherwise will not be moving forward. That's all courtesy of the Chinese government and their reaction to Daryl Morey's tweet and to a degree the aftermath of that tweet as the NBA apologized for offending but did not apologize for valuing freedom of expression in its own employees. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. When I say an unbeaten will fall, as we come to your questions and comments on the NFL, college football, baseball playoffs, a little Hurricanes update, and the NBA versus China thing, Penn State hasn't lost yet. And they go to number 17, Iowa. That's an at-risk game. Unbeaten Wisconsin hosts Michigan State. We all knew Sparty, which plays great defense but is really lacking offensively. I think we all knew they were not going to be much of a task for the Ohio State Buckeyes when they were the undefeated team and they took on Sparty last. We'll see. Maybe Wisconsin rolls Sparty just as the Buckeyes did. But unbeaten Penn State, unbeaten Wisconsin, at least at some risk in Big Ten action this weekend. Notre Dame is no longer unbeaten, but the number nine Fighting Irish have another 
tricky opponent in visiting Southern Cal. That is your NBC game at 7.30 on Saturday night. And I don't think this one will add up to the unbeaten team is at risk. The way, of course, Florida at LSU both fit that description. Oklahoma unbeaten at Texas fits that description or against Texas. That's a neutral site game, technically. Alabama unbeaten at Texas A&M. Maybe, maybe not. Number three, Georgia plays South Carolina. I don't think the Gamecocks this year have enough to really bother Georgia, especially between the hedges, but it's at least one more worth circling. If you are one of those wondering, are we going to have too many undefeated teams in college football this year? You know it's never worked out that way. But we do. We are still in double digits as we're in mid-October, and we're still far away from even the first college foot, football playoff committee rankings. They don't even put those out until early November. And that's probably the wise way to do it. You don't have enough data points to differentiate among the unbeaten records, to differentiate among the one-loss records. As we come back to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, keep in mind that if you are the right kind of one-loss team, you're not necessarily dead yet. If you're one-loss Notre Dame and you run the table, don't we always end up splitting hairs among one-loss resumes? We do. If there were four unbeaten teams from the Power Five leagues, yeah, you'd be on the outside looking in. If somehow, some way, four and one Notre Dame, you're number nine in the rankings right now, or or Texas has only one loss, you beat Oklahoma this weekend and you run the table, maybe all the way to a Big 12 championship, you're still in the conversation. I think those who are summarizing it as six teams and everybody else are oversimplifying things. The reality for Notre Dame is that their biggest challenges still ahead. They have to go to Michigan. Southern Cal won't be easy this Saturday night. They face three more ACC teams. They'll be favored to beat all three, Virginia Tech, Duke, and Boston College. They have their annual game against Navy. It's at home. And they have to go to Stanford, which is not great this year. Notre Dame could finish 11-1, and and it could, as it's been in the past, could be good enough for the Final Four. Would a, an 11-1 SEC record that fell just short of an SEC title game trip probably get more credit? Probably. But that's a we'll-see thing. Again, the theme is Notre Dame isn't out of it at 4-1. Texas is not out of it at 4-1. If somehow, some way, Auburn at 5-1, just outside the national top 10 in the rankings, one out, then you have a chance. Tough schedule. I'm not betting on that. But even Oregon of the Pac-12, 4-1. Remember, they only lost that earlier, that early regular season game in, what was that, Auburn or LSU? It was an SEC versus Oregon matchup to start the season, one of those high-profile games. Well, that SEC opponent is ranked above the Oregon Ducks. But if the Ducks somehow ran the table against mostly inferior opposition, you end up in the same situation, right? The Ducks would be a one-loss Power 5 conference champion. And looking ahead, what's their trickiest matchup? I don't know, Arizona State on the road? It could happen. Bottom line, it's not about just six teams. You're right, I think, when you say that any of those six, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, they're not dead even if they lose once. I think you're right when you say that. When you say they're the only six that could end up in the Final Four, I think you're discrediting 
the teams ranked, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and who knows, maybe somebody a little bit further down the line. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. You have questions about the NBA versus China? I will give you more answers. The Hurricanes are the hottest team in the National Hockey League. They're at home tomorrow night and Saturday night. I'll see you there against the Islanders at PNC Arena. Major League Baseball has another elimination game tonight. It's either the Astros or the Rays who will be going home. I know that the Braves had an exciting season. I think Darren Vaught picked them to represent the National League in the World Series. You okay with that? I did. I did. Bullpen caught up with them, or is it more complicated than that? No, I think that's uh, pitching depth is what caught up with them. And and I picked them also in part because of my lack of belief in the Dodgers. So you get credit for that. And that panned out. So I get half credit, credit, right? The Dodgers were the bigger disappointment. I know fans in our state love the Braves most in the largest numbers. But – to me, looking at the Braves roster, their lack of pitching depth was going to catch up to them. Indeed, they give up 25 runs in their three losses to the St. Louis Cardinals. They gave up 10 in a whopper of a first inning last night. That really quieted the crowd. Not nearly as much tomahawk chopping for a couple different reasons. One of them you may not know, and I'll give you on the other side. The Dodgers, though, seeking the first World Series title for that franchise since 1988 with the best team record in the NL for virtually the entire season. That is the bigger disappointment, not only because of expectations on the front end. You had your skepticism. I knew that they didn't have a bullpen the way I'd pick the Astros to beat the Dodgers. And here we are, Houston's you know, facing elimination tonight against Tampa. The Yankees are no easy foe either. But when you're up in your Game 5 elimination, 3-1 to one, after seven innings, and you're at home, and your legendary lefty Clayton Kershaw is on the hill, and your manager Dave Roberts, I think, pushes emotional buttons correctly 95% of the time, pushes work ethic buttons correctly 99% of the time, and I don't watch as much baseball, Darren, as you do as the voice of USA Baseball, but I even feel like he pushes strategic buttons right far more often than not he is under some fire today for mismanaging the late innings as what was a three to one lead with the legendary lefty Clayton Kershaw on the mound the goats and we don't mean greatest of all time the goats after LA fell by the wayside this is how many seasons since 1988 where they had a legitimate shot and fell short anyway. It, it might be like a dozen different times at this point, and they were carrying that weight. Kershaw and Dave Roberts were the wrong kind of goats coming out of that scenario where you're favored, you're at home, you're up by two, you need six more outs, and then if you saw it, you know what happened. It's hard to explain in a short period of time. That which could go wrong for the Dodgers did go wrong for the Dodgers. So congratulations to Washington. Congratulations to St. Louis. Congratulations, of course, to the Yankees who are already awaiting in the Final Four. Good luck to the Astros and the Rays as they have their Game 5 showdown tonight. 1-800-849-2761. David Cutcliffe live in about 15 minutes on life, sports, football, and his Blue Devils. Dave Clawson 
of undefeated and nationally ranked Wake Forest. He'll drop by in about 40 minutes. That leaves time for your calls before, after, and in between. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can ask your question. NFL, NBA versus China, college football, Wolfpack at home tonight, App State on a roll, Major League Baseball, the fantastic Carolina Hurricanes, their fair game too. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. The head devil, David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to, to just do it right. You know, all the fans are always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody in another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody. The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest, the 5-0 Demon Deacons, hosting our earlier guests, Scott Satterfield in Louisville. Coach Clawson, live in about 35 minutes. David Cutcliffe has been a weekly guest for years and probably one of the most popular guests among so many different college fan bases and even many who don't even follow college football. Why? Well, he's a storyteller. He's kind of charming, folksy personality. He's been the national coach of the year. He tutored, among others, Eli Manning at Tennessee. He was Eli Manning at Miss, Ole Miss, excuse me, Peyton Manning at Tennessee. He, of course, has had, among others, Daniel Jones now of the New York Giants during his time with the Blue Devils. He's been the ACC coach of the year. He's been the SEC coach of the year. And he is a quarterback whisperer of, of sorts. As the Devils try to advance to 4-2, and two, they host lowly Georgia Tech on Saturday afternoon at Wallace Wade Stadium. We get an early peek at Week 6 NFL action with the New York Giants visiting the New England Patriots. Now, of course, Coach Cut has stayed close to the Manning brothers and the Manning family. Archie has been our guest as well. Coach Cut swears in all the right ways about the Mannings, and they swear in all the right ways about him as a father figure and as a mentor and a close friend of that family. What was Coach Cut's, Coach Cut's perspective? As Eli Manning, remember, took a lot of criticism, still does, with the New York Giants, but with tonight's Thursday night football NFL matchup in mind, what did Coach Cut expect? when Eli Manning famously had to lead the Giants against Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the mighty Patriots empire. And in those two Super Bowls, this is where the Hall of Fame conversation starts for Eli Manning, right? Eli got it done, and the Giants beat those Patriots. Won't be easy for Daniel Jones tonight at New England. Coach Cut on all that and more next. I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance. And I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances. And I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon. 